Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. It's Educator Barnes here. Hey, good people. This is my first podcast of 2020. And I'm just going to address it up front. You probably have noticed that my podcast has been rebranded. The name is the same. I am going to be adding some different things in the podcast in 2020. But the main thing you need to know is that I have decided to go completely autonomous. That means my podcast isn't being managed by anyone else except for me. And I felt strongly about this because I really wanted to take my podcast in a certain direction. And I didn't feel I could do that unless I went autonomous. So I'm super excited about this. You'll start seeing some different topics. Uh, One of the things I'm planning to do in 2020 that I haven't done so far is get guests onto the podcast. I want to talk to parents. I want to talk to students. I want to talk to teachers, other stakeholders. Previously, my podcast have been heavily focused on educators in education. But when I think about the title of my podcast, Brazen Education, I really don't feel like I can do do justice to the podcast if I only just focus on teachers. I need to focus on all stakeholders involved. And um, under my prior management, that was the real focus that um, was wanted uh, because of um, how my podcast was previously associated. And so there is no ill will between uh, myself and my previous management. Just about in around May of 2019, I really knew that that was something I was going to do. So I started laying out the groundwork to make sure that could happen. And when my podcast came up for renewal the first week of January, I could completely make that happen. And I did. So let's get on to the first topic of 2020. That is the importance of taking a step back unless you're living under a rock or you just don't care about the royal family i mean we are in the u.s you probably have heard about prince harry and Meghan markle also known as the duke and duchess of sussex and they released a statement saying that they were taking a step back as senior members of the royal family and across the pond caused a big uproar um celebrities such as pierce uh, morgan got on twitter talking about Meghan markle was ruining things which i found horrible uh, i might add but when i was thinking about this situation first and foremost i would say uh that prince harry really was giving us breadcrumbs and clues to this all along and then how the media was treating uh, his wife, um, really even before uh, the wedding happened, at some point, you had to say, I'm just going to let these things continue to happen to the person I love, the person I'm married to, or I'm going to step up and I'm going to do something. And Bud's uh, feed did a really good job of something. I didn't read through the entire article, but I read through enough to know that what they did is they took headlines um, that were written Uh, And the topic was the same topic, but they compared how Kate Middleton, um, and if you don't follow the royal family, she is married to Prince Harry's 
older brother, um, uh, Prince William, how she was depicted in the media by the, that publication versus how Meghan Markle was depicted in the media by that publication over the same thing. Like one of the first things they compared was um, Kate Middleton being out in public and how she was touching her baby bump. And how that was so cute and how adorable. But then, but when Meghan Markle was with child, they talked about that she was like narcissistic and was like full of herself because she was out in public just touching her baby bump. Same publication. Both of them are married uh, uh, to princes in uh, overseas. And they were perceived differently and talked about differently. And there is article after article after article where they have Kate, same topic, being seen one way, Megan being seen another way. And then the other thing um, that you have to address up front about the situation is that Meghan Markle is biracial. If you watch the wedding, I actually ended up watching because um, Prince uh, William and Kate, they actually got married on my maternity leave. So my boys were in the NICU for eight weeks and about three weeks before they got married, my boys came home. So all I was doing was sitting there nursing uh, two babies because I have identical twins and uh, cleaning their diapers and washing their clothes and watching TV. That's all I was doing. So I'm like, heck, if I'm here on maternity, I might as well watch the wedding. And after watching their wedding and then hearing that Prince Harry and Meghan was going to get married, I'm like, well, I might as well sit here and watch her wedding, too. And when you watch her wedding. She was very um, I, she was sending a message. Um, the preacher that preached, uh, he really talked about some topics. He talked, uh, uh, yeah, I believe I recall correctly, he talked about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. He talked about different topics. It was a, wasn't your typical uh, speech, uh, pastor's speech or whatever you want to say at a wedding. Uh, she had um, different musicians of color that um, sang at the wedding. At the wedding was beautiful and I and I say this as a person who I was convinced that I was just gonna marry if I if I got married I wasn't even convinced that was gonna happen because I'm kind of a weird person uh, I didn't, I was not one of those girls who had thought about my wedding had planned it out I graduated from Purdue I, I was engaged my senior year so I knew I was gonna get married at the end I graduated from Purdue and pretty much other people planned my wedding I didn't really have much of an input and did not care I still do not care it was cute enough it was good enough I'm good well, I watched them like, oh, okay, okay, Megan, I see you. That, that, okay, I really, really liked it. I, it felt good. And I'm a person that don't even care about any of this stuff, right? So when I was thinking about this, and this, uh, the statement they released, if you don't know, they released a statement saying they were going to take a, a step back as senior uh, royal members, but also they wanted to become financially independent. And you're probably thinking, well, aren't they rich? What do, why is he saying that? Well, it was a, it's linked to their website and other publications have summarized it, especially over here in the U.S. They talked about how they get some of their funding. I believe it was around 5% from this sovereign grant. I was like, what is the sovereign grant? Because I didn't know what it was. So I read I read the whole thing about the sovereign grant. And they even provided a nice little graphic. Essentially, if you live in the U.K., uh, part of your taxes supports the royal family. And that is the sovereign grant and an agreement. Um, the money um, the crown brings in, um, part of that money goes back to the Commonwealth or back to the people. And then a percentage of that, like from the taxes, goes into the sovereign grant. So if you see the graphic online, which you can find if you go to um, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex website, it's kind of like a big circle, right? 
And they even list out some of the things that money is used for. Like one of the things that was on the list was like garden parties, uh, travel, their security. So it's things like that. And then the queen uh, decides how much each person of the senior royal family. What I find interesting, because once he said he wanted to come financially independent, people were just like, Megan's breaking up the family. She's taking him away. That was one side. Other people were like, well, there's a lot of racism over there. She's been treated horribly. He has the right to do this. And then people were like, I can't believe he's doing that. But what they even point out on their website is that they're not the only royal members who have sought to be financially independent because one of the clauses of the sovereign grant, which was updated in 2012, says that they cannot hold a job, which is part of the reason why Meghan Markle stopped working. Um, Because if you didn't know, she was an actress on the show Suits. I've never seen that show, so I don't know if it's good or bad or whatnot or how she was on there or if she's a good actress or not. I don't know. But that was part of her stop working. Now there's been some reports that she has to deal with Disney, potentially maybe voiceovers. I don't know if that's true or not, because these are just off record. You know, those reports are like, well, it's been reported, but nothing's been confirmed. Um, But you're not going to come out and say you're going to be financially independent with not already having the legwork done for how you're going to do that. Right. And then um, Harry talked about, uh, well, on the website, it talked about how Harry gets some money through his father, uh, Prince Charles, who is next in line to secede uh, the queen, how uh, some of his comes through that and how they're going to split their time between the UK and the US. And currently Megan's in Canada Harry is back in the UK talking to his grandmother, the queen. And they also, um, Frogmore Cottage, I believe it's called. That is the property they um, live in. And how that works, that property is on the queen's property, but then she gave it to them to live in. And so his current plans, as long as negotiations and talks with the queen works out in the way they want, is that they'll spend some time in, uh, um, sometime in North America, rather, North America, and sometime other time in the UK. And the other thing that's important to note is that they didn't even um, have their child have a royal title uh, when they made the birth announcement, which apparently she they got dragged for that, too, because uh, based on where their child um, is in the royal line or whatever, he would have or could have a title because everyone, I guess if you get too far down, you're like part of the family but you're not important enough to get a title and being a person who's born and raised in the u.s and just like reading about some of this stuff i'm like this is just too much i'm like especially when i was reading like y'all got some money to y'all get these people are funding y'all lavish lifestyle essentially i'm not even sure why the monarchy is needed and i and i'm sorry if you're listening from the uk because my podcast did get an award last year um um, from overseas, from the UK, um, I got a podcast award, so not trying to offend um, any of those listeners. However, I just I think about because they said uh, it was somewhere where I read it was like around eighty five million dollars that came came out of this sovereign grant, and you know you think about all the other places that that money could go, uh, maybe help address poverty, address the poor, uh, help education. So for me, I'm just like, is this really needed? And could the monarchy just be self-sufficient? Do they really need this money coming from the taxpayers? I don't know. And the issue is probably more complicated than I know because that's not where I was raised. That's not my culture. This is just me kind of saying what I know based on the bits and pieces we get over here in the U.S. But what I thought was important is the fact that it doesn't matter who your family is or who's in your family, even if you're quote unquote royalty, 
that sometimes you just need to take a step back. And it, and it may be in several aspects. So today I'm going to talk about four areas where I think it's important that at some point in time you take a step back. And that is with family, friends, work, and your personal endeavors. So since we're already on the family train talking about uh, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, let's uh, just go ahead and keep on with that theme. Let's talk about family first. I will say, so I'm... 36 now, be turning 37 this year, getting closer and closer to the big 4-0, which I'm okay with them. Already getting great eyelashes. I don't even understand that. Like, I was fully prepared, guys. I was really fully prepared for my hair to go gray based on people on both sides of my family. Like, I was I was pumped for it. I was okay for it. I was not prepared in my 30s to start having gray eyelashes and not have gray hairs on my head. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And it's not, I will say, I'm kind of annoyed about it. It's not that I care that they're gray. It's just weird and random. But anyway, around when I turned 30, <laughs> we're back on track. Around when I turned 30, I made a decision that I was going to take a step back from my family. And not like my, my, my family that I'm married to. Not like my husband and my kids. Not that family. I'm talking about extended family, right? Because... Well, some people were just toxic and they were just problematic. And not only were they toxic and problematic, they spent a lot of their time tearing down what I was doing, disagreeing with me and just hated a lot of things that I believed. Um, even to the point um, that I wrote a piece called I Am Black Enough. Uh, and that's on my website, educatorbarns.com. And you can uh, see it on the blog where I had family members quote unquote, take my black card. And if you don't know what that is um, to my uh, followers who are not black, um, who don't understand what that phrase means, that's when um, other black people determine that because you don't know something or because you did something, you're not black enough. And so they ask for your card because you're not black. Uh, I've had it happen at work. Um, people ask for my black card. I've had it happen in my family. People ask for my black card. I even had it with quote unquote black friends um, who take in my black card. And if you want to know what my two biggest offenses are currently for not being black enough, offense number one is not knowing how to play spades. And I just want to say a side note, how the hell is anybody supposed to learn how to play spades when nobody's going to teach you the game? Because every time a spade game starts popping off and you try to ask how to play spades, they don't got time to think. Like, we, you just got to learn it. See, I, I don't learn that way. So that's why I haven't uh, learned spades. And I do not know how to do the electric slide. I just haven't learned it. At this point, I have no interest in learning it. Probably <laughs> don't have uh, no interest in learning it because at this point, it's like I just don't care. But I, I do know how to do the Koopa Shuffle and the Cha-Cha Slide if, uh, if anybody cares about that. So, because of some of those situations, I'm like, I can no longer deal with it. Uh, when I was 14 years old, um, my grandmother died. My um, paternal grandmother died. And when that happened, it was one of those situations where the wool was pulled off. I spent a lot of time with my um, grandmother. My grandmother, uh, went. we went to the same church with my grandmother. So, I would see my grandmother every single Sunday. And then I would stay, we would, my sisters and I, we would stay the whole summer with my grandmother. So even though my sisters and I, we are the youngest grandchildren, um, my, my grandmother has had great grandchildren and so on. But when you come to the grandchildren or the first cousins, we were the youngest with my youngest sister being the youngest grandchild. 
And even though we were the youngest, we spent um, a great deal of time with her. And we, but we were kids because, I mean, I said she died when she, uh, she, I was 14. What we didn't realize were some of the things that were happening with other family members, um, such as people taking money from my grandmother and taking advantage of her. And she was aware. My father ended up getting involved um, because my father, for other people, had been um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like the person responsible. I can't believe the name is slipping my mind right now, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, and when my father started going through stuff, he found out that my grandmother couldn't afford her uh, to get her medication because she didn't have the money. Um, people were donating things to her. And so some of these people who I loved and I trusted because my father, if you ever meet my father, if you think I'm straightforward and uh, straight, no chaser, uh, go ahead and talk to my daddy. <laughs> my daddy is real straightforward. So he sat me down when I was 14 because I was a freshman in high school at the time. And he told me what happened and who did what. And it really changed my perspective of these people. Now, moving forward, I'm a freshman in high school. So a few years later, I go to college. I started college when I was 17 and then I turned quote unquote 18 hours adult. When that happened, some of these individuals that were involved or complicit or knew that it was happening and didn't do anything were trying to kind of be more in my circle. Now, I'm young, dumb, naive, and these are my family members. Like, I got love for them. Really trying to make it work, but then there was like stuff they were asking. Like, for example, my grandmother was born on New Year's Day. My sister, who ended up being the first baby born in Indy the year that she was born, also born on new year's day so she's named after my grandmother they used to ha we used to stay at my grandmother's house on new year's eve because um, my grandmother wanted to wake up and sell her and see my sister and see us on her birthday on their shared birthday and so my parent could do whatever they did on new year's eve um, that we weren't privy to and so they always had this joint party but after my grandmother passed away you know nobody wanted to come to the party anymore even though my sister was still alive and my sister still had a birthday. So when we got older, especially when both my sister and I were in college, we had relatives say, well, yeah, we can have the party, but, uh, uh, but come to the, uh, come over here and don't invite these people. And so, uh, we told our parents, um, what was said and some of those people that they didn't want to invite, including my, our parents and my sister, who I, I feel strong about what she says. She's like, this is my birthday. Why should I have to move my birthday celebration somewhere and not invite people who have always showed up for me time and time again so you can see me? Why are you dividing the family? And so the one of the biggest things I pointed out, which is where some of the contention started, is I said we really never had. We ne really never had a good family. We really never knew each other because you guys were only coming around because grandma was alive. Once grandma died. People fell out. We didn't do Easter together. We didn't do New Year's together. You know, we didn't do Thanksgiving together anymore. Um, side note, Thanksgiving dinner still happened because at some point in time, my parents took over that event. So the people who come, like my daddy said, the people who come won't come. People that don't come. My dad said the same thing every year. We've had the same phone number for over 19 years. I think it's 20 years now. We've been in the same house. Uh, for over two decades, they know where we are. They know we still hosting this dinner. They know what time it is. Ain't nothing changed. They're going to come or they're not going to come. But whatever they're going to do, I'm going to eat and I'm going to be good. And that's that is my dad's. <laughs> that is my dad's true. That's just how he is. But he's right because you can't let people, even though they're your blood relative, knee jerk you around. Sometimes you need to take a step back and you need to take a step away. And it's OK. And when you do that, there's a way to go about it. 
I wasn't nasty to people. I didn't get in an argument with them. Some of the family members, when they realized what I was doing, uh, they even offered to meet with me. And I, I went to go meet with some of these people and they were telling me some things. And I'm like, well, that that's cool. But at the end of the day, the people that's been there for me for day one is my mother and my father. So if any part of this situation is asking me to participate in something that they can't be involved in, then uh, this is a non-starter. It's not happening. I'm not going to choose you over the people who are there for me. And sometimes family members want to make you choose. And that don't work for me because when stuff goes down and stuff pops off. For example, once I had my twin boys and they were in the hospital each for two months, I was in the hospital for two months. That was six months of medical bills. And even though my husband and I weren't, had never been behind on any single bill and we had all our finances straight, we couldn't afford to pay the bill, send them to daycare and for me to go out to work. I called up my parents and my parents like, I got y'all. We will pay for the child care for one of the kids for the whole year so you can go back to work and not have to be out of work for so long. So you can use some of that money to pay off these bills. If I would have called any of those other family members and say, hey, I need help, they wouldn't do anything. And, and side note, I was on bed rest for four months. And things were really tough for my husband. They were tough because we weren't expecting that to happen. We didn't have anything. And I did call on some of those people. Did they show up and help? Hell no, they didn't. And so for me, it's your actions speak louder than words. And there are some people, um, and I'm speaking about some of my friends. There are some friends I talk to all the time, but I just never really get to see them. I saw them when I was in the hospital. They showed up even though. So, so sometimes... You have people that are nothing but talk, right? And then when the rubber hits the road and you need them in your corner, they weren't there. And I had people show up who themselves were in a bad spot. I had somebody show up who was pregnant, who was also a high-risk pregnancy that showed up to try to help me while I was in the hospital because she, at the time, was not in the hospital. And I'm just like, look at that. So you, you really have to start looking at people's actions to determine. Because when I think about this, uh, the Duke and Duchess situation, there's all this evidence out here to see why they're taking the step back. So, so people who are saying that this is the thing. People get mad when you want to take a step back. They want to accuse you of being the reason that your family broke up. But not acknowledging that their actions was part of the reason why you had to walk away. Like they don't take any responsibility, which is why you're taking a step back. And you can't let the pushback when you take a step back make you not take a step back. People are going to push back. They're going to call you names. They're going to say that you're at fault. But think about how you are doing currently. Because I, I'll never forget that clip I saw of Meghan Markle when she said, you know, uh, she was talking about how people, uh, the guy asked how she was doing. And she disappreciated that because she said, you know, a lot of people don't ask if I'm okay. And what she was saying without saying directly is like, I'm not okay. Like, I'm trying to smile. I'm trying to curtsy when I'm supposed to curtsy. I'm trying to wave when I'm supposed to wave, but I'm not happy because there's only so much I can take of all this stuff that's happening. So when people are pushing back on your step back, you need to think about, am I going to be happy or, or am I going to continue to be miserable if I let this person rope me back in? Now, there are some, some, so I'm 36 now, so for six years I've held a line on this. Um, this has involved blocking some of my family members on uh, social media. Because some of it, I mean, some of my family members were attacking me on social media. I have family members that hated what I wrote. Um, to the, and then I have black family members who didn't understand why I was writing about black issues. And I, I look, 
I'm not going to sit here and argue with you while I'm writing about black kids and their education. If you don't understand that, then you're going to have to find somebody else to help you. Cause I, I, I can't, I can't with you right now. Cause apparently your reading comprehension is off because you're not reading what I wrote. You need to go back and reread. I mean, when people made me feel like I need to get my article or blog post out and highlight sections and annotate it for them and teach them like I'm teaching seventh and eighth grade English class, then I just can't because at some point I got to take a break from being an educator and just be a person, right? So that's family. And that's the hardest one because like for myself, I have kids. So if I'm taking a step back for my family, I'm taking a step back for my kids. And when I had my kids, there were some of these people that started popping up out of the woodwork. Um, wanted to be involved with my kids, but those people started setting terms that I wasn't going to agree to. Oh, Shantae, well, I got kids now, too, and I think our kids should know each other. That's fair. I, I think that they should, too, because you don't want a situation where your kids grow up and they start and accidentally date their relative because they didn't know it was a relative. Like, I'm with y'all on that. Oh, well, uh, you need to come to me. What? So our kids can hang out only if I bring my kids to you. If only if I meet you where you want to meet every single time. I'm like, no, I'm good. My husband and I. Um, so when we moved into our very first house, we had this housewarming party and a lot of people came. Um, people from my family, people from the church um, I attended at college, people from my childhood church, people from my new church at the time. And so then that turned into a summer social. So we did one every summer. We did not have one this past summer because we knew we were moving and there was a lot of stuff going on. Which, oh my goodness. Side note here. I know I'm going off on a tangent again. Because we didn't have the summer social, people thought we were mad at them. We got all these messages like, like, Shantae, did we do something? We didn't get an invite. And I'm like, nobody got an invite. Like, there's stuff going on because we didn't want, at the time, we hadn't publicly said we were moving. We didn't want to talk about it yet. Because I was, we were really overwhelmed by like moving houses and selling a house. Like that was a lot going on. So we were just saying this year we decided not to have one. And so it got to the point we started getting so many messages about it. We just finally said we're selling our house. And uh, when I said we were selling our house, that just made a bigger issue because people are like, I can't believe you're selling that house. Your house is so nice. I love your house. What is wrong with your house? Now some of those same people have finally seen our newer house. They're like, oh, oh, I like your new house. So people be tripping sometimes uh, anyway. But with that, that social, some of those people I have <coughs> invited every single year to my house, to the summer social. And they make up excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse about why they can't come. <coughs> and then I had other family members who were trying to be hashtag neutral and try to help mediate things. Not that anybody asked them to get in the middle of it. Instead, they know in the business to mediate anything. They're all like, well, Shante, you should be the bigger person and you should compromise. Hmm. What type of relationship is a good relationship when you always have to do the compromising? Exactly. <laughs> and if you know me, I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to sit here and compromise you all the time. My terms was, and I told my husband, if, they, if these people can never, ever come over to my house out of uh, all the years we've been having it, we've had it for 12 years. For the 12 years we've been having it, nah, I'm good. For the other times I've invited, because it's not just that. I've invited them to other things. Oh, you you consistently busy every single time over the last 12 years? 
No, I'm not playing these games. And I held my ground. Now, do now I, I, I ran into some of these people at a, a, a wedding that happened and a couple of funerals. And so I introduced my children so my children know who these people are. Um, also, um, the one of the main people that did a family history book for our family uh, is uh, 200 plus pages. So from that, I show my kids who is in their family so they know who their family is. And I'm also honest with my kids about uh, uh, situations. Because I really feel that honesty is important because when you're not honest with your kids, you put them into a situation where somebody may try to manipulate them and set set uh, set them up. And I don't want that because if I'm distancing myself from this family member, you need to distance yourself, too, because these are the things I know. And this is why we're distancing ourselves like this person isn't trustworthy. This person may take advantage of you. You need to know that because a lot of times we blindly trust people who are family members because of because they family. But some of the worst betrayals that happen are from family members. So let's move on to friends. My Monday musings uh, for this week talked about the word pretendship. One of my good friends uses this word to describe when people, uh, you think you have a friendship, but then you find out that you don't. You have a pretendship. It's a fake friendship. It's one-sided. It's an illusion. You also need to take a step back from friends. Here's the thing. Like, family is family. Like, even if you take a step back from family, you may still have to see their faces at a funeral or something like that. But friends, especially sometimes when their friends don't even live in the same state with you, sometimes it is, you just need to disconnect with them on social media. And some of the pretendships I've ended, depending on the situation, um, I block them on social media. I don't respond to their texts. Some of them I will at least respond to a text, depending on what it is. And I didn't block them on social media because it wasn't that deep. But I did set up boundaries and I and people people are never unclear. Like I say all the things, you know, I hope that we can continue this friendship. Um, we'll see how it goes. But that when I say that to you, that's when I'm quote unquote kicking the ball in your court. And if we're actually friends, you'll put in the effort to continue this friendship because I'm done. Like I'm there's nothing else I need to do at this point because I've done all the things. And I'm an introvert. I if I could just work from the confines of my home, I would. My husband will tell you that I did not leave my house during winter break unless I had to go to the grocery store or to the post office. Uh, I, well, I did see my mom and dad a couple of times, but that's pretty much what my husband said. It doesn't count. You still at home. So, which is true because like I'll be over at my parents' house, my little slipper socks on, sitting there chilling, uh, comfortable. Um, so for me, I have always been very comfortable in my solitude being by myself. It was funny because the first event I hosted at my new house was my sister's New Year's uh, Day party. And we also celebrated her daughter's birthday, um, which um, their birthdays are in December. So it was like a triple birthday party for New Year's Day. Well, I, uh, it is my house. I also invited some of my friends over and my sister, not my sister whose birthday it was, but our our youngest sister. She said, well, um, she was trying to talk to my friend and it came out something like, oh, well, I, I, I don't I don't I just I, I didn't know who you were. I mean, Shantae really don't have friends. And then my sister kept trying to rephrase. And my friend, who is a good friend of mine, she said, no, I know Shantae don't fool with people. I, <laughs> she said, I know you're trying to stay without saying it because my sister didn't know who this friend was because I do have friends. But the friends I have know that sometimes it's hard to get me out of the house. Uh, a lot of my friends come to my house because that's how strong our friendship is. They will actually come to my house because I I don't like leaving my house sometimes. Like stuff like like they want to go meet on Mass Avenue. I hate going down there and I hate parallel parking. 
that whole thing is this whole extra stressful. And then I get down there and then I have to figure out how to walk to the place. And then I get all turned around. Like I am that person. You'll see a little short black lady with a little cell phone out. I got the Google Maps out, got the little walking thing out, trying to figure out where the heck I am based on where I parked. And then I'm looking around so I can walk back to my vehicle. See, all this type of stuff stresses me out. Like it stresses me out to the point that one time a friend and I were going to meet at a restaurant on Mass Ave. A week before, I actually drove down there to figure out where the restaurant was and then drove around to figure out where I could potentially park to figure out, like, the route for me to walk. Like, this is the type of foolishness. And see, this is too much. See, y'all, see, now I live kind of close to Broad Ripple, so I'm better with Broad Ripple, so I have my go-to restaurants that I know where they are. I know where I'm going to potentially park, and I know how to get there from wherever I parked. Yes, I know. I have issues. I'm working on them, I guess. Um, Same thing with downtown. I hate going down there, too. Oh, hate it. <laughs> so I don't really care if you say my friend or not. If I have no friends, I'm going to be good. Like the best friendship I have is with my husband. So like I'm good. But friends are pe- I say friends are family by choice. That's how I look at my friends. Like I really treat my friends like I would treat my family. I check on them. I look out for them. I care about them. But when the friendships becoming toxic, when it becoming one-sided, when it's all about what you can do for them, you need to take a step back. And when, and and step back, I probably should find this first. It's like kind of just getting the eagle eyes view of what's going on, and then making some decisions. Because it's really hard to make decisions when you're in you're in it, you in the mess, you in the situation. And then if you're hearing people say things, one of the things, uh, one of my mentors and. Uh, Another thing is like I don't really worry about having friends because I do have good mentors who are really helping me on my life path says, well, how is that working for you, Shante? Essentially, what that person was saying is I've sat here and listened to you complain about this situation. So it doesn't sound like it's working. So what are you going to do about it? Continue to stay in it and keep complaining and be frustrated and irritated and agitated. Or are you going to do something? And and. If you're going to be my friend, you have to be able to look me in my face and talk to me like that. Because I don't do well with friendships where we're just all like hunky-dory and all nice. I need a friend to be like, Shantae, you said you were trying to lose 10 pounds. And you up here ordering like two slices of cheesecake. What you doing? And not be afraid of me. Uh, You know, uh, I don't find myself intimidating. Um, uh, Some people said that I have intimidated them. But... um, I read this article uh, that was about black women and it was talk- talking about reframing the narrative. And it was really in the situation in the workplace where white people said that you're intimidated, uh, you, uh, you intimidated them. And they're like, like, no, you, you <laughs> are intimidated by me. It doesn't mean I'm doing things to intimidate you, like sh- sh- shift the narrative. But if you're going to be my friend, I want someone who's going to be honest with me. I want someone to be like, Shantae, you're not healthy right now. I really think you should go to the doctor. Um, Shantae, you know, I don't know if that school is a good school for you to go work at because this is what I heard about it. I think you should think about it. Shantae, you know, what's going on with your kids and, and the school? Like, I need somebody in my life like that. I need a real friend. And then I'm that person for them. Like, I can't be friends with people who can't hear critical feedback. Like, I just can't deal with those people. And I can't be friends with someone who won't give me critical feedback. That's what I need in a friendship. Maybe you don't need that, but that's what I need. So let's move on to work, taking a step back from work. Work is where we spend most of our time, if we're going to keep it real. I mean, if you're going to be technical, because I've got those technical followers out there. I love y'all, too. You do spend the majority of your time at home, but most of that time is sleeping, right? 
So the majority of your active time when you're up uh, to be uh, more concise and more precise is at work. And a lot of us go all in. I actually sat on an interview committee uh, the other day and we always ask people about work-life balance because like being in education is hard work. And so we ask a question around that and the person's like, I'm just all in, you know, I just don't really have, I'm like, and, and we talked about how, cause like we're um, adding like a self-care day. Like my principal's really trying to be more intentional about it. Like she gave the administrators um, a work from home day. So we could just work at home and do our jobs. I was like, what? Oh, and then she gave us a free pass, free choice of anything in the book. So essentially, Shantae about to have two work for home days <laughs> during the second semester. And she can give us that same little gift every single year. I'll be straight. But uh, sometimes you got to take a step back from work because you are doing too much. You're, you are too full all in. And sometimes we do all this extra stuff, if you're, especially in your education, right? You do all this extra stuff for the kids and some of the extra stuff you don't need to do. Or you are doing it out of fear because you think you're going to lose your job. I've said to teachers, you can tell me, no, you are not going to lose your job. This is not going to affect your evaluation. I've had to say that because there is a fear in education that if um, I'm recommended for something, I can't say no. If I'm asked to do something, I can't say no. Like a consequence is going to happen or I'm going to get blackballed. And the fear is real because there are places that will do crap like that. They will blackball you. They will be like... You know, Shantae difficult to work for. She's going to be advocating for herself and saying no and things. But I I always said I'm what I'm most known for is the uh, piece, Teacher Quit Principles, Not Schools. And now that I'm in, in administration, you know, my biggest fear is that I become the person I wrote about. So that is the in the forefront of my mind. So I think about what do I have to do differently so I don't become that administrator that people fear. I, I don't become that administrator that people can't say no to. I don't become that administrator where people are like, you know, my kid is doing sports right now. I really need to be more all in with my family right now. I really can't make any more after school commitments during the third quarter. But fourth quarter, I need I want people to feel like they can say that to me and. Because teachers have had so many experiences where there's been that fear, I know I have to keep seeing it. I got to keep seeing it until they believe it. And, and, and there are teachers, I say it too repeatedly. And then, and then I try to do things because my current principal lets us do an early release perk, which means I can let a teacher go home 30 minutes um, before their contract time ends. And our contract in time ends well after the kids leave. So they're not leaving while kids are in the building, just to clarify. And sometimes I'll give one that and they're like, well, do you, can I like really leave? And I'm like, yes, go home. I mean, but you don't need me to say go home. I mean, I sometimes I have to say three times go home to somebody because this is new. But I appreciate how my principal is really trying to be focused on self-care because sometimes we're at school. We are tired. We are we're beat down right now. We're doing we the access. You've been on your feet all day. Like you need to go home. You need to rest. And I know it's only 30 minutes because I mean, I, we can't really give too much longer time because then it would run into the school day where we had students. But 30 min- minutes is something. 30 minutes may mean you get home before rush hour traffic, especially if you're driving further from the school. 30 minutes may be an extra 30 minutes for you just to chill on your couch and watch Netflix before you come back the next day. Right. But we feel like in this society is go, 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 work, work, work. Social media is going around the clock. We feel like we just can't take a step back. 
But sometimes we need to take a step back. That mean that may mean not agreeing to get on any more committees, not agreeing to volunteer to do anything else, not uh, doing anything extra and above than that you need it. And I know that especially you're in education, like Shante, how can you say don't go extra and beyond? Do you really need to spend two extra hours going taking your bulletin board down and putting it back up and doing all these little uh, decorations and cutting all this extra stuff out? Will the kids be all right if you don't do that? They will. And the trick I use, because any student will tell you the number one thing that Mrs. Barnes hates doing is bulletin boards. I hate it, hate it, hate it with a passion. And I really hate when you put a bulletin board paper and it rips and it tears because I hate having to tear in the paper because then I just feel like it makes the room look ugly. I know this is getting too deep. So what I did, because um, my mom uh, used to be a seamstress when I was uh, before I was born. So I'm, I, uh, my mom would always had the extra material and I said, okay, you do all this stuff with it. But one of the things, you can just use material as the bulletin board. So that's what I use. And kids, and I would get a cool pattern. Kids like, this is, this is really cool. And I, and I would typically have somebody else put it up because I really hate doing bulletin boards. And I would have to, I would train kids to uh, maintain it and change it because, you know, uh, I had a principal, we need walls that talk. We need walls that change. Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Shantae's not doing that. <laughs> So I would get all these checks and people were like, Mrs. Barnes, how? I said, yeah, the kids are managing that. I ain't got nothing to do with that because I'm not a, and I'm short. You know, how, and uh, the one classroom I had, we had, everybody had a whole wall that was essentially, uh, you could stick up, uh, it was like a pin cushion wall. It's not what it's called, but you could, it wasn't like a regular wall, uh, but you could stick stuff on it. And so she was really expecting you to cover that whole wall. I ain't got time. I, you know what I had to get on to get up there? I had to go get, because I couldn't, because we had the whole OSHA training and all this stuff about how you can't stand on the desk and crap. I got flagged for standing on the desk and was told to get off the desk. I was violating um, the training we had at the beginning of the school year. So I had to follow these. I'm like, I don't got time for this. So I just it got it done. Um, but you have to think about what things do I have to do? Um, versus things that are just extra that's not going to affect student outcomes, right? I'm not saying, like, don't buy a, a box of pencils where you know your kids are not going to have stuff to write. That is going extra and beyond, but it's needed, okay? I'll so keep that in mind. And the last thing is personal endeavors. 2019, I was a freaking workhorse. And it was decently managed-ish, uh, yeah. Um, I spent most of 2019 not getting very much sleep. Um, one big factor of that is that our, the bed I sleep in sucks. Uh, my husband and I, it's our first bed that we got when we first got married. We didn't have much money. Uh, so literally the bed started falling apart a year into our marriage. Uh, we had so much fear when the movers moved our bed from our old house to our new house that we thought it was going to fall apart. Um, actually there's some pieces that did kind of fall apart. The mattress is horrible. I know the saying is, uh, what does it say? Replace at eight. So that means you'll replace at eight years. So we're on year uh, 13. Uh, but the cool thing, over winter break, my husband and I are getting like a custom bed built um, by the company called Daniel's Amish. Um, so this Amish company, um, so U.S. Uh, a company, um, is going to be handcrafted. And we needed some, some more storage in our room. So we're And we're going from a queen-size bed to a king-size bed. But also there's drawers that come out of the bed. 
and they had a pony standing inside of the drawer uh, saying that that's how sturdy this bed is that a pony could stand inside of this drawer i was like okay but anyway because uh, we could customize like the headboard the footboard the sides the drawers the handles we're getting the dresser that goes with it like i have never been so excited about getting some furniture and we're getting like this tempered mattress um we've got this, these cool pillows which we can use the pillows now my pillow isn't actually working for me so i have to get a new pillow and that's okay but i'm like so that was one big aspect and my husband will tell you that he hasn't been sleeping well my sofa is more comfortable than my bed and so a lot of times either one of us will get up and go sleep on the sofa not that we're having a fight and we we had to tell our kids this because i'm like mommy and daddy are not fighting our, the bed is horrible like my kids when my kids were younger one time i actually went to go sleep and went in their bed with them and my son was like uh, mom can you like not do that like i don't want you sleeping next to me in my bed so and he was like oh no like three or something i'm like dang kid sheesh so, so now my choice is, is my horrible mattress or the couch because my kids said uh don't come up in here anyway um i did saw that for a, a few months i just made him go sleep with his brother and i slept in the bed but yeah then they started fighting and not sleeping so yeah anyway but i had to start looking at all the things i was doing last year i um I'm contracted to write for certain uh, publications for pay and then other publications were reached out to me based on seeing some of my articles or seeing them go viral, quote unquote, and be like, well, Shante, can you write for me? And some of the, the issues they wanted me to write about, I'm passionate about. So I'm like, yeah, like we need somebody writing about this. And then they were like, oh, well, uh, Shante, so, um, and one publication in particular, um, who I got recommended by, they're like, well, this publication got a big grant to add on more writers. Um, I think you should go ahead and accept that writing because their whole thing was you got to write a few pieces. We got to see how they do. And then we'll we'll work out compensation. Did all the things. Um, things went well because I don't want to name the publication or give a hint. I'm not going to say what things went well um, with that. And at the end of the day, like we kept going back and forth. And then I was just like and then I uh, reached out to some other black people that were approached um, because we were approached because they wanted the black voice. But they didn't want to pay the black voice. And they were like, yeah, we cut them loose months ago because they're not trying to pay us. And so I, I wrote to them. I said, I said, it's really hard to want to write for a publication that claims they're out here for issues for equity. They claim they're out here for black people, but won't play the pay the black voices because essentially they run black voices because they were getting flattered or some of the comments were back uh, were like you are having these white reporters report on this stuff, but they're not covering the angles um that the black community wants to cover so of course they do the quote-unquote right thing and get black people the right but then they don't want to pay them and i was like yeah so um, there was an article i saw uh, that was talking about what black women are going to be taking in 2020 and i quoted it in my uh, monday musings this week um says that uh, you're gonna pay becky so if you're gonna pay becky you can pay me and I even had white bloggers here in indy say hey shanta can we meet you know i know you write we should connect Sure. And a lot of times they're going to pay for the meal anyway. So, hey, go ahead and get my free meal. I'm not going just for the free food because I am picky about what I eat. But anyway, then I tell them all the things like you need to hire uh, black people. You need to have, you know, black voices. You need to have uh, black people on your website. Tell them all the things. And then I'll hear from black people. Oh, yeah, they said they, they're going to give me exposure. And so I just started taking a step back from some of these personal endeavors and some of these personal things I was doing because I'm like, this isn't working for me anymore. And I don't want to do all these things. And then my husband and I started a publishing company. I'm also in a doctoral program right now. And I'm like, 
what is the most important thing to me? What are the things that are actually on the path I'm creating? And some of these things were on the path. I was doing it because my emotional strings were pulled. I was doing it because, oh, I want to help this teacher launch this brand and what they're doing. I want to help this uh, educator. I want to help these people. I want to write for these parents so they understand, you know, this law. And I was getting emotionally pulled when I already had a forum and a place to talk about those issues instead of trying to spread myself thin for the sake of exposure. And I don't even care about it because, I mean, they'll tell me from time to time, Shantae, this quote unquote went viral or whatnot. And I'm like, okay, but I don't sit there and like be counting how many times something got liked, how many times something got shared, how many times I got tagged and all that stuff. I do try to do my due diligence. If I get tagged in something, I do try to retweet. Uh, I if uh, sometimes I get tagged in articles because people want me to write a response. So I do try to read. I try to do as much of that as I can. I've been being tagged a lot lately. So I, I have not been able to write a response to everything I've been tagged in. But um, and if I can't write a response, sometimes what I'll do, especially on Twitter, I'll just write a short response in a tweet instead of writing a piece. But a lot of times I get tagged. They want me to actually write a full blown response. And I I'm at the point like even right now, sitting down trying to figure out what I'm going to write for the rest of this week. I have 10 things um, that I could potentially write about this week. And I'm just like, okay, Shantae, you got to pick the one that's going to be the highest leverage or the one that you're most passionate about that you can't respond to everything or write about everything. So I really narrowed down my personal endeavors. So moving forward in 2020, one of those things, like I said at the beginning, taking this podcast and being autonomous with it, being able to do my own thing and taking it in a direction where I believe it needs to go. Um, Really focusing on my doctoral program and determining what I'm going to do for my dissertation. Uh, ending my board memberships for um, a couple of boards. So I've already put in my set time saying when I'm going to come off these boards. I'm on a couple of other organizations. I'm helping because one of my mentors says, Shantae, one of your issues of why you're leaving, you're, you're afraid that if you, the black person leave, there won't be a black voice. Find yourself a replacement. So I've been actually looking for a replacement for myself because I am passionate about something to work, but it can't always be me. Um, so I'm replacing myself on some of the committees I sit on. Uh, and then also committing to not making because right when 2020 started, I already had somebody reached out to me and said, hey, we're trying to get this. And I said, you know, because um, I ask all these things. I always ask, are you going to pay? And the reason I ask, are you going to pay? Because if I get approached, a lot of times if I say no, they'll approach somebody I know and people will come and ask me, well, Shantae, what do you think about this this business or this publication? So I ask this, even though I know I'm going to say no, I ask some questions. So when someone else asks, I can tell them because sometimes depending on your quote unquote status online, they'll tell you more stuff because they're trying to get you to say yes. They will just tell someone else like the backup to you. So I asked this these this information, but I just told this place no. And then when I went on their site and saw what they're doing, I'm like, well, y'all know you've got really that much going on right now. And I like it is so hard to start something for the ground up. And I don't have the time to start anything else for the ground up. Um, I told that person no. There was another person because um, I publish books now. I'm currently working on a book. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll let y'all know what it's called. It's called Dear um, Curly Hair, I Love You. Um, it's an educator. Um, her actual last name is Barnes, but we are not related. So it's going to be the first um, book my company published um, that I'm not related to the author. And we're actually going to be doing more books. So I've had other people like, well, Shantae published this book. And I've taken a few authors here locally and ripped some of their manuscripts, manuscripts to shreds because I am an English teacher. I am an editor. Um, and said, like, this is not ready. Like, it's not ready for me to publish. It's not ready for nobody to publish. And here are all the things that you need to fix before you go pitch to anybody else. 
And so I've also had a mentor that told me to stop doing that for free. <laughs> I have a hard time like trying. I have a hard time sometimes charging some people, especially other people who I know they're trying to do something good. Um, but they said you also need to not have people take advantage of your expertise and you need to take care of yourself. So I'm probably going to do a lot less of that for um, now um, because that's not really my main goal. My main goal is for people to follow the process that my company has established, which is if you want me to potentially publish you, you fill out my application and you submit a completed manuscript. Because um, the, one of my frustrations as an editor, especially dealing with recruiting new writers, dealing with people, oh, well, I, I want to write. I kind of write. No. Like, news stories drop every day. Things happen every day around the clock. Like, I don't need someone like, well, you know, I'll, I'll get... No, I need someone who has something done, who has evidence that they can get something done. Because I, I'm not going to work with what I'm going to. Well, I probably will finish. Like, this the person I'm publishing, I felt strongly about the content, has a very good uh, storyline. Right now, we are in the revision process. We have gone rounds and rounds and rounds. And, like, I tell you, like... Um, the other thing I guess I can tell y'all on this podcast is like both of my son's um, books that was the first two books my company published because my company is named for my sons. Um, they have been seen as high quality and that's not just me writing. We are now a um, Lexile partner company. So all my books moving forward will have a Lexile and we'll be on the Lexile site. We're still working with the Lexile company to get the books on the site appropriately. When they went up originally, they didn't go correctly. So they took them down. So we're working on getting them back up correctly. Um, but they'll also be added um, to the Library of Congress and the Indianapolis Public Libraries. And um, to quote several librarians who have had the opportunity to see these books, they're like, these look like real books. As in, even though you just started this company, you know what you're doing. And this, like, I couldn't tell the difference from a publishing company that's been around for a long time than your book. Because when I, I normally uh, carry a, each of their books in my bag when I go meet with people just to show them. And when people open their books, they're like, wow, this looks like a real book. It doesn't look like it was like indie published or like published by an amateur. Um, so I appreciate that. But if you know me, when I, when I go in, I go all in. So today I've talked about um, the importance of taking a step back. And we talked about taking a step back from family, taking a step back from friends, taking a step back from work and taking a step back from personal endeavors. Remember, if you take a step back, there will be pushback, but keep pushing on. Thanks for listening to my first podcast episode of 2020. Um, Continue to have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you guys soon.